Hey! This is JJ and Alex. I made a name for myself, I told you I won't be denied. As you wrap up your day, it's time to get your fix of the teams you live for and the sports you love. This is JJ and Alex, presented by G2G Bars on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Waterman three left side. That's oh! good! <laughs> Noah Waterman for three! Splish splash! BYU can bounce this one out. The Cougars come to the home of college basketball and emerge from the fog victorious. The Cougs have won it. 76 to 68, BYU is a winner. And the nation's third longest home court win streak is ended. 19 in a row ends with the Cougars prevailing. 76 to 68. Oh my. Was that last night? Felt like it was about uh, three weeks ago now because of all the time we've talked about all day long that insane win in Kansas. If you would have had on your on your bingo card for first year in the Big 12, JJ, if you'd have had gonna lose in Lawrence in the football on the football field, <laughs> gonna get your first win though in the Big 12 uh, at Kansas, the first year you're in it. You probably wouldn't have. Si- you probably would not have signed that bingo card. Sounds like a good would you rather. Would no. you rather lose in football oh. in Lawrence or win in basketball? I think we got the answer last. I time. think we did too. I also hey shout out to Greg Rebell for that call. That was genius. Yes, emerge from the fog victorious. Did, did he have nailed that, it? Did he have it written down? Don't care. Like in that the, was perfect. It, Greg's a pretty good improver. So that's the kind of thing. Is. That's the kind of thing where I'm like. But, I mean, like, it's hard not to have that one chambered a little bit. Oh, that was good. Emerges from the fog. And, look, when people started walking out, and, again, I'm listening to it last night. I heard the whole call. I'm listening last night to that second half, and I'm in the car, and I'm going, well, they're not going to they're not gonna win. Like, <laughs> everybody, everybody, and including this, this BYU team, has been a little bit of a struggle in second halves on the road, especially. So I didn't know what to think. And so when they were able to hit the threes and Kansas was not, and I get to hear Greg and, and Mark, I couldn't believe it. I could not believe what I was hearing. We had a discussion not a month ago, JJ, about about what how insane playing at Kansas and winning at Kansas is. Because Bill Self since 2003, which is what, 21, 21 seasons now. He's in his 21st season now. He has lost 17 times at home. In that's, 21 seasons. That's less than one per year. 299 and 17 is the record. They 299 ha- and 17. So they had a 19-game win streak, and they had an 84-game win streak when leading at the half at home. Bah. And BYU snapped that streak. It was wild. And then on top of it, you may have started to forget a little bit about what was going on in Utah State's world. <laughs> don't forget though, right? I think we got a. Don't we have a, a Scotty call up uh, that we're that we're avail- that, that's available? Our poor uh, colleague Scotty G had to call a, ba- a a basketball game, and then has to go into overtime when he had already lost his uh, his voice in the second half. Here's what it sounded like last night at Fresno. Forty seconds left to go. Round near the elbow. Takes the three. Right wing. Yes. There you go. Darius Brown. Oh, yes, a huge three by Darius Brown. The veteran delivers again. He he said, I apologize for my Peter Brady voice. 
That was such a weird night because I'm going to be blunt. The Aggies stunk last night. That's one of the worst games they've played all season long. But credit to them, they still found a way to win that game, which says a lot about Utah State. There are games like that on the calendar every year, right? Yeah. You have like – I thought it was interesting because I was listening to DJ and PK this morning, and Greg came on their show. Greg Rebell went on their show, and he said something that was fascinating. He goes, in the Big 12, you play with this amount of hope when you go into these games. When you're in the WCC, because they were asking about, like, has there been anybody ever to just made a transition like this this quickly, right? And the answer was, nah, not that we could, you know, like come up with. But Greg said, yeah, but it's such a nice change to be able to go from venue to venue and you have a hope that I'm going to go in here and I'm going to and I'm going to make some history tonight versus I'm going to go to Pepperdine and just try not to lose. Right. That was the attitude. That's the difference. That's why BYU fans, you should be extremely glad <laughs> that this is where you're at right now. Not just not just beating Kansas and Lawrence. That's an insane. That's a a luxury that you were we had no idea that you could live through, right? But to be able to go in and say you don't have to go in to Pacific once a year and then just go, please don't have a, a lay an egg. And for the Aggies, it's been a phenomenal year for Danny Sprinkle and his guys. But there's a night, there are nights where you have like that, and working through it and still finding a win, in my mind, is just as impressive because those are the those are the games where you go in and the, and, and everyone's just going, hey, don't screw this up, dude. Hey, don't screw this up. How many hey, don't screw this up says BYU in the WC screw, WCC screwed Every up? Every game that didn't that didn't involve Gonzaga and St. Mary's. Right. Every single week. That's the week. fear every week. And so I, I, that's why, in my mind, Utah State can't be overlooked of what they've been doing still, and they're continuing it. That, to me, that's just as interesting part of the, uh, of the uh, story this year for the Aggies because they were, <laughs> by the way, at the beginning of the year, you thought they were going to lose – at least one game to Fresno State anyway. And then Fresno turned into a garbage basketball well, team this at year. At the beginning somehow. of the year, you thought the Aggies were going to be at the bottom <laughs> right. of the Mountain West standings. Right. And at the beginning of the year, you had no idea how good the Mountain West really was. This is currently a six-bid league. And who's in first place? Los the Aggies. Utah State Aggies. Mm-hmm. We talk about close games and winning close games and how important that is in March. Utah State is now 8 no. In games decided by five points or less. Again, that's it's hard to do, even on Perfect. A, even on a nightly basis like this, to go in there. Man, we're getting ahead of it. Uh, I've been gone a couple of days, so I'm I'm uh, interested to get back into just the swing of things here. So let's jump in. Let's get going on the program. Our show is always brought to you by G2G bars, all natural ingredients, no preservatives. The G2G bar is perfect for anybody who needs a quick, tasty, and nutritious boost. I noticed that there's still some in the fridge. Congratulations. You guys it's didn't. It's a miracle. <laughs> you guys didn't eat all of them we did while not. I was gone. Good. All right. Let's kick the show off as we always do here with The Cut. It's time for the biggest story of the day. This is what made The Cut with JJ and Alex on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Trajan Wealth also bringing you The Cut. T R A J A N Wealth.com. That's TrajanWealth.com. That's how you spell it. That's how you get to it. All right. Let's talk about it. Uh, we've been, I don't know, this has been a massive, uh, this is, I mean, look, we just did not expect the basketball season to go this way. And so let's 
chat. We're, a little bit later in the program, we're going to speak with uh, Mitch Harper again. Mitch came on yesterday, of course, but it doesn't matter because you got to talk to him after the win. He was in Lawrence. Uh, on top of it, you've got so many more things to uh, to jump into here. So let's let's go into this BYU one very quickly. Give me some numbers on how big of a situation that this really is, JJ. Because in the end, first of all, the amount of AP top twenty-five wins that BYU has had, I got to double check this. Double check this stat, but I don't know if there's. I think that there was some insane thing like top twenty-five wins. BYU's at four in the regular season here. Four top top twenty-five AP top twenty-five wins. Now the the reason that's a hard thing to do is because. To have your conference have four top 25 AP teams to beat at any given time is a hard thing. It's one thing to have your Dukes and your North Carolinas and a Wake Forest in there every once in a while or an NC State or something. It's another to have five or six teams all season long that have been ranked in the top 25, and BYU has won four of those matchups, including two top 10 matchups. Uh, The Baylor win, now starting to look like, oh, well, that was easy work compared to going into Lawrence. This is what makes BYU – an insane team and very scary for teams who are going to be facing them in the NCAA tournament. Mention the teams that they beat that were top 25. You mentioned two of them. Baylor, obviously. Kansas, obviously. Mm-hmm. Baylor. Iowa, Iowa State. State. Yeah, don't forget those guys. Don't sleep on Iowa State. The Cyclones are a top 10 program right now. And San Diego State was in the national championship game last year. And we saw last week, we've seen earlier in the season when they played the Aggies, how good San Diego State is. And we saw it when they played BYU earlier in the year. San Diego State is still a really good basketball team that's probably going to be a four or a five seed. Right, projected four seed today. In the NCAA tournament. Wild. I've never, I can't, obviously never, BYU has never had a season like this where they've beat so many good teams. And to do this in the Fog Allen Fieldhouse, <laughs> when nobody believed they could, when no one thought they were capable of this. When they were down 12 in the second half. Kansas had an 82-game home win streak when leading a halftime. BYU found a way. Kansas had a 19-game home win streak. Yep. Third longest in the country. BYU found a way. Kansas had a 67-game home win streak against unranked teams. Kind of misleading. BYU was ranked last week. <laughs> right. Nonetheless... BYU unranked when they played them. BYU ends that streak. Right. What BYU did last night, no one could have predicted. And I think that we obviously pay attention to them, but I think now the college basketball world, media fans across the country are going to pay attention now. They made a statement last night at Fog Allen Fieldhouse, and this was a statement win for BYU. And what this did for me is it shows me what they are capable of. I can take this game or this team seriously in the NCAA tournament. They are a threat to go deep as long as they're hitting those threes. What they do last night, 13 of 34 from three. Awesome. The threes were falling. Kansas. Was- we knew the recipe for beating Kansas was yes. you got to make your threes. It's been a problem for BYU in games where they don't make the three-pointer. They don't, they don't win, especially if they don't shoot 35%. Mm. Their odds of winning go down, way down. But Kansas was a team that was going to control the rim. They were going to control the paint. They were going to use their athleticism and their strength and their size to overpower BYU with the rim. <clears throat> BYU had to do what they did last night. And credit Foose. Fusini Traore 
who suddenly turned into a playmaker because they kept playing the ball through him, running the offense through him. He had five assists. He was kicking the ball out to open three-point shooters. Kansas had to respect his inside game enough to free up shooters, create space for BYU to do what they did to get quality looks and make shots in that game. Jackson Robinson was great, 18 off the bench. Dallin Hall, 18 off the bench, including the dagger. Mm-hmm. Just absolute unbelievable moment when he's up there one-on-one, takes a couple dribbles through the legs, steps back, and delivers a dagger, shooting with supreme confidence. BYU proved last night that they are a legitimate force to be reckoned with in the NCAA tournament. I I was reading up, you know, because James Naismith uh, coached at Kansas. The guy who invented basketball. Did you know that? I'm really? <laughs> I had no idea. Now, Fog Allen, I was like, why is it not the James Naismith gymnasium, right? Now, Fog Allen was obviously historically one of their, I mean, this national championships. Yes. And But I did not I did not know this either. And then I went, yeah, you need to name that, uh, that uh, field house after him. You know why? He wasn't just the athletic director at Kansas at one point. In the 20, or in the 1920 season, uh, t- uh, tell me if you've ever had a coach do this before. Fog Allen was the head coach, uh, head basketball coach. He was also the head football coach. <laughs> and then he was the head baseball coach a couple decades later. <laughs> that might explain why their football program was so historically bad. Like We're focused over in other directions you, over you're here. You're stretching Fog way too thick. I know. What's like, our baseball team like? What were they let like? Let them just this? focus on one team. <laughs> So Jeez. in the end, I was like, because that that was brought up because I was explaining, uh, I was explaining that fog was spelt P H O G uh, to one of my kids. I was like, yeah, it's it's P H O G, like it like it's a cool fog. It's like P H A T P H O G, and well, I don't. Like, are you fat or are you <laughs> fat? <laughs> right? Are you fog? Or are you fog? So in the end. I was just giving, hey, Jeremy, don't get mad about that. Those are things that someone just learned driving down the road. Did you know Fog Allen was the uh, baseball coach and the football coach? It's a fun fact. While he was also the basketball coach at I one was point? laughing at the— uh, Get out. You had your head in your hands. I don't appreciate that, right? Whatever. Now, by the way, I'm wasting all this time, and frankly, the next hour and a half of the show, <laughs> as much as I can, before we have to start talking about the Utah Jazz ba- uh, basketball team, all right? <laughs> So the, it's going to be a minute. So Jazz that's fans, that's where we that's where we have to be like, listen, things aren't good in Jazzland, but there's so many things to jump into. Uh, Mark Pope after the game, obviously, uh, this is a man who is a he's a historian, like he always has been. He's been usually the smartest guy in the room. If you've ever met with Mark Pope before, he's just he's a scholar of the game. He's exciting. He's he's excited. He's excitable. He's all all the things that you want in a, in a head basketball coach. And uh, and even though he knew getting that technical foul last night wasn't like really a uh, you know get the team fired up type of a deal because it gave away points to Kansas, but uh, it was quite a night. He is not lost on him how big of a deal it is to win at Kansas, especially the first year of the Big Twelve. I think the guys agree. Um, everybody that grows up knows what this place is. And then this was my first time walking into a game, and I've never seen an atmosphere quite like this. It's it's actually really special, and uh, this is a great team. And so I think as far ahead as we're thinking is um, just that we're grateful that we got an opportunity to to come compete here. And this, you know, it's one of the 
meccas and hallowed halls of basketball, and and um, and uh, we're really blessed that we, you know, really blessed and really fortunate to come away with a win. Is it crazy that uh, Mark Pope's like, boy, I've never been in an environment like this. This is a guy who went to Kentucky, right, and <laughs> played Kentucky basketball. I think he understands. And and listen, there are a lot of meccas of basketball, and it's crazy to think that BYU went in there and did it. What is Mark Pope telling his team this year that? we may be neglected to see in this team that he probably already saw in this in this group. I think he saw the talent last year. It just didn't come together as a team. And I think he's taught this team or, or he's been able to get this team to buy into the team concept, the team chemistry, all those things. Because they weren't this together last year. They didn't play like this. And to beat Kansas on the road – takes team effort, and you saw how connected they were last night. I mentioned Fusaini Traore, mm-hmm. who is a feed-the-post, go-get-a-bucket kind of guy. He's playmaking. He's he's almost like playing like Ali Khalifa, where he's almost playing like a high post, throw the ball around, set up your teammates for open looks, kind of changing his role on the fly, adapting to whatever's working in that situation and in that matchup. Getting guys to buy in to accept whatever role is necessary to get the win instead of focusing on what they need to do to get what they want. That's hard to do. And it's not necessarily that the, that the players on a team have bad intentions or, you know, if you've played team sports, you understand sometimes guys want to win so bad they think they have to do it all by themselves. And when you're not succeeding and when things are not going your way, then you press harder and then you don't trust teammates and then you try to do things all by yourself. Well, this team seems to trust each other. And it took a lot of trust to go into a place where you rarely win and pull off a victory. And I give Coach Pope credit for believing in the guys he had in his program because he easily could have hit the panic button in the offseason and said, if we're going to go into the Big 12, I need dogs. And I got to go out and get bigger, faster, stronger, this and that, higher rank, this and that. But he said, no, I believe in this group of guys. We recruited these guys. We brought them in. We're going to roll with these guys. We're going to go into the Big 12, and we're going to do it with humility and with a little bit of a chip on our shoulder because nobody believes we can do it and go out there and prove to everybody that you are better than what you showed last year. Oh, Remember last year? Hey, one of the (laughs) most disappointing BYU seasons Mm -hmm. that I can remember. They were... 19 and 15. They did not go to anything in the uh, postseason, any tournament. Seven and nine in the West Coast Conference. They were seven tied and for nine. Fifth. They are eight and seven in the Big 12. <laughs> make all right? it all make sense. Okay. That's where you're at. BYU is a 21 team right now with what, three games left? You got TCU. Who else do you have? I know you you end it with uh, Oklahoma oh, State, Oklahoma State, They've and got then Iowa, Iowa State, State the as well. Iowa State in Ames, and I would have said, "Oh well, that's a loss." But you well, know what? Now I'm thinking, you know what? Like, I still have pretty I low. I don't know. Like, I still have pretty low sports self esteem, JJ. <laughs> I will. Let's not get carried I'll be away. The first one. Okay, go, you mm. want to you want to fog out? Like, don't get too. <laughs> like Houston couldn't even right. beat Iowa State. By in the Ames. way, by the way. Iowa State got beat by BYU already this year. Do you think they're not thinking about that? You think they're not oh, thinking that's, about that's a that's a whole totally different beast that they're going to have to deal right. with next week. What you don't want is to take on TCU on Saturday and still be in the you ready for this the fog. 
I gave praise to Greg Rebell when we opened. <laughs> I will uh, I will give the same praise hey. to you as we close this segment. Come on. You nailed it. Yeah. All right. I'll take credit for it. That is a perfect 10. We got tons to talk about the rest of the uh, afternoon, of course. It's not just uh, – I mean, uh, Mitch Harper, who was in Lawrence, is going to join us. And I just want to know what that atmosphere was like because there weren't a lot of games that they were going to go to on the road, obviously, in Big 12 basketball play. We didn't budget for the idea of Mitch going to a lot of games in the Big 12 this year. Yeah. So no. I'm, I'm interested to see what Mitch's thoughts are, of course, uh, on this one. Huge one. Uh, we'll have him, and we will come back. We've got tons to uh, chat about, so we'll get right to it. We'll come back. More to go around the corner, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Your home for the best coverage of the Jazz, Utes, and Cougars is right here on the zone. This is JJ and Alex, presented by G2G Bars on 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. When I say we play pitifully, that's also can give the appearance that I'm taking something away from BYU. BYU was better than us tonight. I mean, the second half, after we got up 12, the second half, they controlled it. and We hoped to score, and they actually ran offense to score. You know, give them credit. They caused us to look bad, and they were successful. Welcome back. JJ and Alex, 97.5 EKSL Sports Zone. Bill Self, now 18 losses in his 21 seasons as the head coach of the Kansas Jayhawks. Uh, Joining us right now on the program, Mitch Harper. He was there at the Fog Allen Fieldhouse. Let's talk about the environment first, Uh, Mitch. Is it overplayed? Is it overrated? I tend to think yes. I, I think the history there is awesome. It, it was a it was a great experience going to Allen Fieldhouse and seeing the I mean the names like if, if you know college basketball you just have like a reverence for that building like walking through their their legends hall and and seeing just some of the greats to think that Wilt Chamberlain played there I mean that's pretty cool and, and just and the players the the winning and that brand has always been good for decades and for BYU to go in there and and get a win. That's pretty big. And it's one of the all time wins, not only in BYU basketball, but BYU athletics history. Can you tell us what that uh, environment was like? We saw the signs of student sections. Amazing. Especially the sign that said, this is our temple. That was pretty funny. (laughs) Like it just seemed like it was a great uh, college football or college basketball environment. And, but yet BYU seemed to find a comfort level there. Uh, What was that dynamic like? Well, it was cool first to like be getting to the arena and you're seeing the, the college students walking to class to and from buildings. Like it's right in the middle of the campus. And, you know, that's just kind of a different dynamic than BYU where they, they you know, the, the Marriott Center's on the, the fringe of, of campus. It's not in the hub of, of all the campus buildings. So you're just seeing class, students go to and from, and then they head over to Allen Fieldhouse to line up and, and be in their seats about two hours before tip off. And, uh, they were energized, and that was a you know a packed crowd. And not only did the students stand, you know, a lot of the game, the entire fan, fan base uh, of Kansas, they're standing throughout the game. And, and there were stretches when BYU was, you know, down by two, and Hunter Dickinson's missing four consecutive free throws. Uh-huh. You could tell they were getting restless, and they're like, "This is Allen Fieldhouse. What are these new guys from from the WCC doing in our building, hanging around?" And uh, you could tell there was a little bit of frustration, but it was a it was a cool environment, 
and I think there was a there was pretty healthy respect. There was some back and forth between some of the the BYU fans and Kansas fans in in the area near the the media section. It was all friendly, but you know it was just fun, and I think it was the people that understood you know college basketball. The the Kansas media were pretty impressed with with BYU and their ability to shoot the three and you know, cause that's a different look than what Kansas provides on a nightly basis. You know, Kansas has that, that power inside being one of the best field goal percentage teams, but they, they don't shoot the three. And that was the difference as BYU gets that big win. I'm like really sad for you that you didn't get to come off of the uh, charter flight last night at two 30 with the Cougs. <laughs> like, I mean, that was, that's pretty cool to see all your fans roll up at two 30 in the morning at the, uh, at the Provo airport, and see all those fans out there. That's, that's, I mean, in terms of historic wins for BYU, where does this one land? I've seen a couple different rankings, but obviously it's the best one of the Mark Pope era. Uh, I'm going to ask you to go full historian there, and this is with the recency bias of you being there last night. But what's the uh, where does this rank uh, compared to Danny Ainge going down the court in the Elite Eight, or uh, or I, I don't know, maybe even the the Jimmer Fredette versus Kawhi Leonard, or, or where is it? Where is it on the list of best games ever for BYU? Well, I'd still put Danny Ainge's, you know, coast to coast drive over Notre Dame and Sweet 16 is number one. I'd probably put Jimmer in 2011 over San Diego State number two, just because in that moment, you know, BYU left that game and, and you said, that's the best team in college basketball. And then, then going it down to Montezuma Mesa in San Diego and winning their network television, like BYU was on top of the world. And so those wins in that season, probably two and three. And then I would put, you know, this Kansas win in, in that top five conversation uh, because, you know, you, you just hear the national narrative, too, in, in conversation around Kansas. Like, they just never lose in that building. And, you know, there was a conversation from some, some of the national media that were in attendance last night from, from ESPN asking about, you know, Kevin McCuller to Bill Self. And, you know, they've been without Kevin McCuller for, you know, four of the last five games. It's been nothing new. I think it just got kind of amplified because it went from a day-to-day status to now suddenly he's week to week and he might not return so it became a bigger storyline in this game but they thumped texas this past saturday mm-hmm. without kevin mcculler and nick timberlake was outstanding i just think the kansas maybe underestimated byu and and that's again that was always kind of one of the viewpoints i had about byu coming into the big 12 was that you know, being that, that new team, you know, because BYU's always operated in conferences where they've been one of the big brands and they've kind of absorbed a lot of oxygen in leagues where this is new territory, not only being in a power conference, but being just kind of a, a team where you, you're not the Super Bowl, you know, for an opponent. Like that was always the case in the Mountain West and the WAC. And uh, in the Big 12, you're just, you're just kind of like a non-conference vibe and you're, it's a filling out process. And I think Kansas players slept on BYU's abilities, especially after BYU had a, an abysmal performance the last two times on the road against Oklahoma State and K-State. And, you know, BYU capitalized. And, you know, I think that, you know, Mark Pope's vision that he's had for this program to be uh, kind of an outlier and, and, and be a team that just leans into shooting the three uh, worked off or, or paid off because, um, you know, in that matchup against a team that doesn't shoot the three, it worked masterfully. And it's a real narrative changer for BYU because now, uh, you know, they're, they're in the conversation nationally as one of the, you know, rising teams in college basketball. Uh, heading closer to March. A historic win, no doubt about it, for BYU in their program. But I mentioned in the first segment what this win proved to me, and I think to the entire country, is this BYU team is built to win in March. They can really make some noise and go on a deep run. If you can win at Fog Allen against that Kansas team, you can do some damage in March. 
So I want to dig into the anatomy of this win with you, Mitch. How did they do it, and how do they do that more consistently? Well, I think they were resilient, and I, I thought you got contributions from everyone. You know, and it's it's fascinating to look at that box score, and you see was it seven, eight guys attempting at least three three pointers. I mean, everyone kind of leaning into that identity that they've been pushing on the offensive end. But you know, there were valuable minutes from everyone. You know, Mark Pope talked about it in the radio post game, but you know, Trey Stewart coming in when Dallin Hall's dealing with the foul trouble. I thought he gave solid minutes. It wasn't, you know, massive, but they were, they were kind of a, an underrated piece to, to that win when, you know, Dallin Hall looked like, you know, four fouls with 17 minutes to go is when's he going to be able to return to the game and Stewart and Jackson Robinson as well at that backup point guard spot provided some good minutes for BYU. And I thought defensively BYU tightened up and limited Kansas for the most part to you know only one shot attempt there was that one position where KJ Adams got to put back and that was only his only bucket in the second half and the, the the ability to limit Adams too in the second half I thought was noteworthy I was stunned that Kansas didn't go to him more because uh, BYU had no answer for him in the first half it was a mismatch nightmare and the Kansas didn't exploit that more and, and credit to BYU for locking up defensively because uh, they have been plummeting in the defensive ratings the past two weeks. So I think those, uh, you know, that those aspects of the game, but then also uh, just the, uh, the courage and the, the confidence from Jackson Robinson, Noah Waterman and Dallin Hall to shoot those three pointers in those moments and knock them down. I think those what ultimately put BYU over the top. Mitch, the rest of the way, obviously you got three games left uh, for BYU's regular season. Uh, we were kind of trying to make a guess last week as to where they would end up. It was like, yeah, maybe they steal one against Kansas State, uh, but they end up uh, – uh, no, even before Baylor, wasn't it, J.J.? We were like, all right, you yeah. got Baylor still. You had Iowa State on the road. You got Kansas on the road. The only games that like looked like some some kind of relief were Oklahoma State and TCU and maybe that Kansas State game. But uh, obviously getting wins in weird places is what Mark Pope has kind of done this year. So the rest of the way – TCU Saturday, then you got Ames uh, next week, I think, and then you end things uh, welcoming uh, Oklahoma State back in. Where does this team go from the win this week? Because I get nervous about Saturday, even hosting TCU, and the the possibility of kind of having a little bit of a hangover from that that win last night. No question. I mean, it's definitely possible. And you know, TCU was riding high up until you know Monday night when they had their loss at home to Baylor. Uh, they were one of the hottest teams in the league, and you know they are more than capable. They've they've got ten seniors on their roster, uh, so TCU's got a, a lot of veteran players, and they could definitely go into BYU and win a ball game. So uh, I think they'll BYU defends home court and and gets it done, and and I think they finish two and one the rest of the way. I, you, you could argue that Hilton Coliseum at Iowa State might be tougher this year mm -hmm. because then fog Allen, because I think Iowa state's a better team than Kansas. And, but you know, BYU, you know, did beat them in, in Provo and they're actually a pretty good matchup against Iowa state because they're a team that really kind of takes away everything in the paint. Well, BYU doesn't operate in that world much. So they're, they're willing to, to jack up those three pointers as much as you want to give them. So, uh, you know, I think BYU, that, that's the great thing about BYU right now is they're not, a pushover in this league. They are competitive every single night. And to think that in their first year, they've got wins over Kansas, Baylor, and Iowa State, three of the top four teams in this league. And the, the one team that you didn't be in the top four, Houston, uh, you, you were 
tied up at 68 with a chance to go win it. And, and, you know, it was one of the great atmospheres that BYU's had in the Marriott Center this year. It's been an impressive first season in the Big 12. And last night really just kind of gave that stamp like you belong in this conference by, by getting that win. Mitch Harper, KSLSports.com. You can also, of course, hear him on KSL News Radio on Cougar Sports Saturday, him and Matt Biamonte, and also on uh, Cougar Nation, also on uh, Monday nights. And so, Mitch, it's been quite the long uh, last 48 hours for you, so we'll uh, let you get to it. And we appreciate it, man. And, uh, man, that's a lot of fun, and we appreciate you coming to the program. No problem. Boarding my flight, and then tomorrow, uh, back to basketball practice and spring football starts. So, Busy times ahead. It's going to be a fun week. No oh, days off. Such a tough <laughs> life as Mitch Harper. There you go. Mitch Harper, everybody. Oh, man. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to think of what a better. Now, Mitch has got, Mitch goes to most of the away games for football. Yeah. And obviously this last season was no fun. <laughs> Not a lot of great road memories. Arkansas was actually pretty cool. That, oh, was, a, that, that was a that really was good come from behind you know, win. The yeah, Chase yeah. Roberts one handed catch in yes. the end zone and to come back. That 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 was the win that gave everyone a belief and a confidence that BYU's football team would exceed expectations. Remember at one point we were talking, Wow, this team could win eight games. And then reality set in in conference play. But they got off to the three and zero start and it's like, wow, this is and then you're watching Oklahoma State lose to what South Alabama or something yeah. like that? And Iowa State <laughs> lost to Miami of Ohio, or it was Ohio. Okay, and you're thinking, oh wow, this, but it didn't materialize. This has been the complete opposite, where you know th- this team just continues to get better throughout conference play, and we keep waiting for the wheels to come off, and they really haven't. There's been stumbles here and there. The Oklahoma State loss wasn't great. They could have played better at Kansas State. Um, who would have thought that they'd lose to Kansas State the way mm-hmm. they did? And then bounce back and beat Kansas at Fog Allen. Okay, let, right? me, let me throw out what the standings look like in the Big Twelve. Okay, if Houston, who's probably going to be one of the they're the cream of the crop. They're they're, they're projected national, one seed. They probably win the national championship this year. Wow. Iowa State is a top five team or top six team. They're ten and four in conference. So Houston's twelve and three in conference. Iowa State is twelve and or ten and four. Okay, after that, here's what it looks like: KU at nine and six. Baylor at nine and six, tied for third. BYU, TCU, Texas Tech, all tied for fourth in the conference at eight and seven. Oklahoma seven and seven. Texas is seven and eight. I think that because what do we look at in terms of projected? Hey, Jeremy, what's the how many how many teams right now are projected to get into the NCAA tournament from the Big Twelve? Is it nine? Was it is it nine? So the cutoff is probably. Texas, yeah, they'll the be on the bubble. Two out in bracket matrix are Cincy and Kansas State. So those two teams are on the bubble. So Texas would be would yep. still probably be in, right? Yes. Yeah, so they'd be the ninth team in. All right, nine teams in the conference, and BYU is like is fourth place of those nine teams are going to be nine getting teams in. two on outs on the outside looking in on the bubble, and BYU is tied for. For what fifth place? It's tight. Yeah, this is tied for fourth, but just because there are well, you, you count the other two, you know. Oh, right, right I get you. So no, Kansas no, no, Baylor no, for sure. tied for third, yeah, so it make them fifth place. That that makes sense. Tied for fifth, technically. If we want to get really technical about the standings here, fourth best record in the Big Twelve. Can I say that? Do it. There you go. Uh, all right, so there you go. Well, let's take a let's take a quick break. I'm just looking at it too. There are only there are five of those teams, by the way, with 20 wins on the season, and one of them is BYU. 
That's uh, wild. No one saw this coming. And credit Coach Pope and that program and the players on that team for proving all of us wrong. Okay. Let's hope it turns into some some kind of fun in uh, in March as well. We will come back around the corner before we do. Nominate your youth sports volunteer that you know to be the Hercules Hero of the Week. Submit your nomination at kslsports.com slash contest. You've heard us talking about this every Thursday. We read on our show the winner of the Hercules Hero of the Week, courtesy of Hercules Credit Union. You can get yourself a $50 gift card for that person that you nominate. Anybody in the youth sports realm, coaches, uh, team moms, that dad who is the assistant who's just been doing it forever, who's just an amazing influence on these kids, however it might be, nominate that youth sports volunteer for the Hercules Hero of the Week, kslsports.com slash contest. We honor them on the air, and they get a $50 gift card courtesy of Hercules Credit Union. Uh, all right, we'll take a break. Next is Would You Rather, uh, and then we'll get to the uh, 4 o'clock hour. We've got tons going on uh, around the corner. We're going to make Scotty G come on and uh, give us a, a play-by-play of his play-by-play. Okay? Is that okay? All right, we'll come I'll back. Like More to go around the corner, 97.5 the KSL Sports Zone.